and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are here in the month of November. Daylight savings. That's the news this week. That's the only news we're talking about this week. Daylight savings happened. You've probably noticed. I'm Illegal 86. I am joined by Nerd Bomber and Technic, as always. And this week, we are joined by our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, thoughts on daylight savings? For me, it's fine because I don't have kids, so I was still able to get sleep. I know my sister complained because I think her kids will grow up like at 5 a.m., but... I 5 a.m.? Oh, yeah. Oh, they have internal clocks that they go by yeah. and they can't read time. Well, I mean, kids can read time, but you wake up when you wake up when you're a kid. That's true. Sunday morning, I usually get up like maybe at 9, probably probably later if I can help it. I was out of bed before 8 today because of daylight savings. Now, I'm not complaining about it. I went around, reset all the clocks in the house. That was fun. It's a good way to start the day. That's the worst part is the setting all the clocks. I have to, tomorrow I'm going to get in my car to go to work Yep. and I'm going to turn the car and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm an hour late for work. I know it's going to happen, but it doesn't matter. I'm tom- I'm, tomorrow I'm still going to freak out when it, when it happens. It's yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you guys know the drill. It's going to be very dark in the evenings. It's going to be, I guess, lighter out in the mornings. That's, that's the win for us. There's also a portion of the, of the United States, if I'm not mistaken, that just like doesn't do it, right? I know Arizona says nah. Yeah, and I think somewhere in like Indiana or something like that does it too, I thought. Yeah, well, so I, at one point in my life, I used to live right at a time zone border and it gets like, it gets kind of hinky there. They're like, they're like, what is time? You know, because <laughs> like you'll, you'll cross over the border, like you, you'll leave your house to go to like the grocery store and if you'll cross the time zone. So like at that point, what are you doing? So if you're, yeah, if you're getting up today complaining about daylight savings, or if it, I mean, at this point it's it's Wednesday or later, if you're still complaining about daylight savings, think about the people who are living at a time zone border and just be glad you're not them, unless you are them. And then just, I don't know, uh, consider a move. I don't want to tell you what to do, but uh, it's daylight savings. Th- th- this is the time we are in daylight savings time now, right? Because it's just, the daylight savings, just you switch whether you're in it or you're not in it. I would it. rather right be bordered to someone than be bordered to, to, to another state that like did or didn't participate because that means half the year you're fine and then the other half of the year you got to count for it so you never really get in a groove that you can be used to. Right, like how does, so like Arizona, and I'm like, I'm not here to, to dunk on all of Arizona, but like, how do you do TV? Because like everything's on a set schedule and you're just going to like not go with the rest of the world. So then all your TV times change. You just stream and then stop worrying about live TV. I suppose. But like, what about the, the folks who I know, I know people now, people who are my age, by the way, not I'm not talking like people, you know, in like old folks homes. I'm talking like people my age every night at, at a certain time are like it's Jeopardy time. Well, what if you're in Arizona? Then there is no set Jeopardy time. It changes every six months. That's it. It's chaos. I don't know. Drop a tweet at us about daylight savings. I well, I wasn't expecting to talk about it for this. Unless long, it's a but. live sports game, and not to make this go on forever, but unless it's a live sports game, I thought stuff like that is like locally syndicated. Jeopardy is a bad example because Jeopardy. I've lived in a couple different places in my life, and like where I, because the listeners know that I recently moved. The place I lived before, the place I live now. It was on at like 4 p.m. or something. It was on like, like when people were at work. They were like, let's just play Jeopardy. Let's just get it out of the way, which to me seems silly. So yeah, you might be right. But like not not just sports events, like like primetime shows like The Bachelor, for example. Oh, yeah, that's isn't fair. that on at the same time everywhere. I don't. I could be wrong. I don't know. Not West Coast. So West Coast, they they push it back. 
to like be yeah. closer because like yeah people would be like eating dinner otherwise it doesn't make any sense yeah okay well i was wrong about the tv thing but still arizona you're being confusing about daylight savings and also daylight savings is being confusing about so i'm gonna ask again we're in daylight savings now right because there's daylight savings time and then just like regular time no i think daylight, I think we daylight savings ended. have ended yeah yeah we're in standard time now oh yeah, so That's if we not, got rid of okay. daylight savings time, we'd actually be stuck in the sucky time. Uh, okay, so you see, okay, so your opinion has been leveled. You see this as the sucky time. Yeah, I, I don't feel any particular. I'm a way night person, it. so like I'm not waking up early. I don't care if the sun rises at like six a.m. because I'm still sleeping. <laughs> so I just lost an hour of sunlight. That's pretty much all I've got. Because they did, and by the way, we're going to talk about daylight savings time for as long as we can. Um, <laughs> it was it was for. It was originally for farmers, right? That's why they did mm-hmm. it. Because farmers had to like get up and like do what farm pl- plow the fields, which you know that's still going on. There's, farming still happens, so I guess it makes sense for them to still have it. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind the darkness. <laughs> that sounds. That, I, was I don't born know. It makes me darkness. Yeah, it makes me sound a certain way. I just it just never bothered me that much. It, I was saying before we came on air, it's a very trendy thing to complain about. Like on Twitter, everyone's just going off about it. And don't get me wrong, I get it, but at some point you kind of just you're kind of just throwing your you you're just sounding like everybody else when you complain about it. So why do it? Maybe that's a jaded way to look at it. But we're going to talk about other stuff today besides daylight savings, especially because we have Stephen here with us. It would be weird if we were like, "Hey, come on the podcast. We're going to talk about daylight savings for an hour." We got a lot of movie news today. We're going to be diving into a Harry Potter update, which yeah, more more on that to come. I know that's vague. Uh, we got a new Morbius trailer we're going to talk about. And then we got a trailer for a movie. I think it's a movie on HBO Max, 8-Bit Christmas. We're going to talk about that as well. I do want to lead with the Harry Potter news, though, because we're entering what I see as the critical time of year. This is Harry Potter time, I think. Like, this is, and granted, I don't have cable anymore. But, like, this is the time of year when formerly ABC Family, I think now it's called Freeform, their programming is just wall-to-wall Harry Potter, if I remember correctly. It's, like, that it's fall. It's, like, getting closer to Christmas, but it's not quite okay to play Christmas TV yet, if you're, especially if you're a certain mindset. So, they go hard on the Harry Potter, and there's some news here. So, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Now, have any of you ever, did you ever read it? Because I actually never did. I did. I did as yeah. well. Okay. I... I skipped that one. I don't I don't even really have a particular reason why. It wasn't like I skipped it for a certain reason. But this is, it was actually, I think it is a play. And it was like, uh, it was on stage in London for a while. It did very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually Not, a of play course, first. And then they put it into book form, I they believe. They put it into a book, yeah. And uh, not with the original cast. Of course, at this point, I believe the story takes place. Harry Potter and Ron and Hermione, they're, they're adults. Like, I think they're like in their... 30s late 30s early 40s they're adults with kids old enough to be going to hogwarts right which is i mean it's actually where the where the last movie ends spoiler alert if you haven't but well again that's not a spoiler it's been like 20 years since those came out thanks for Uh, the news for me yeah i'm see steven i'm sorry the news here wait hold on are you not a big harry potter person i might get kicked off the show right now um (laughs) i have never read the books and i think i've i've seen in air quotes the first two movies well, no, that's that's a good place for you to be in, and I'll, and I'll explain why. First of all, we're not going to kick you off the show, uh, <laughs> Stephen. My my fiance has never watched a Harry Potter movie, never read any of the books, and I'm still I'm still going to marry her. Like that's not like I, I she said she told me that, and I was like, all right, 
Like I don't I like Harry Potter, but I'm not like it's not like a, a big a big thing for me. It's but not a anyways, deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. Um so the 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 director of the first two movies, Chris Columbus, who I believe also directed Home Alone, is like one of his other big things that he did. He has kind of come out and said he wants to get Dan Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint back together to create a movie adaptation of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which I'm reading out came out the play came out in 2016, and it does take place 19 years later, which is where the movies end. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson are currently the appropriate age to do it. I think is is kind of his argument. I guess they're all in their early 30s, so they're not quite old enough, but like, come on, you know, makeup, they'll they'll get it done. One of the reasons, so I chose this topic to talk about, and this is an unpopular opinion. I'll I'll join you in unpopular opinion land, Stephen. How about that? Uh, People, so Nerd Bomber and Technic, what's your your favorite Harry Potter movie? Don't think, just answer. I like the the first three. I like, I appreciate all of them. And I, I obviously, I was a huge Harry Potter fan, read all of the books, but they did like, they were fun in the beginning and then they became dark as the movies and books progressed. So I liked that fun, like the fun magic was what drew me in in the first place. I just stayed for the complex world. You know what I mean? Like I was already I on think, the bus. I need to see where it was going. I think well, this is actually very interesting because I, so I think we all have an unpopular, I, I think we have the unpopular opinion. So I agree with you. I think the first two are the best two. I wouldn't even go so far as the first three. Most people I think say the third one is the best movie. The third one was where they changed directors to Alfonso Cuaron, who he's done a bunch of stuff. I think he did Pan's, no, Pan's Labyrinth was Guillermo del Toro. I don't know what Alfonso Cuaron's done, but it got way darker and people would say that just matches the word the direction the books were going in and i get that but like you said the first two they were brighter they were more fun they were there was more like which is why you should be excited for this it it it, it's the opportunity to go back to its roots but i disagree because the subject matter i don't know i wasn't a fan of the story being told and i I don't want to spoil it for anyone but let me just say there's stupid time travel and a lot of inner family drama which okay like those are important themes that can be explored but they kind of made harry potter to be excuse my language but a giant dick and i was just like well this is not the character i grew to love in eight movies and seven books like this is not what i signed up for let's also get practical with it for a second but here's the thing hold on sorry to cut you off is it that he's a dick or is it through the eyes of the child that thus perceives the parent parental force as a dick no he's kind of a dick (laughs) no i mean i know he is but like he says things that are way out of line to his own kid but i wonder if it could be personified because it's through the eyes of the child or not personified uh exaggerated i've never heard this synopsis of the the book harry potter's a dick (laughs) basically all you need to know that and weird time travel Weird time travel that also involves interactions with old Harry and young Harry. So, like, the fact that they're that excited for the fact that they can bring back the cast, they're also going to have to do some weird CGI stuff to have young cast. Well, yeah, the the Star Wars de-aging. But but, but let's get even more practical with it. Rupert Grint, that dude's not doing anything as far as they could get him. No, he's on a TV show. Oh, I, I don't remember what it is, but he's on a streaming show. Maybe it's Netflix. The big, it's not the big had, stick. The big stick is a movie. There's something. I had no idea. He's on a TV show. I do know this. As is well, Daniel Radcliffe. D- Dan Radcliffe, they could get because Dan Radcliffe. I love his agent. Whoever Dan Radcliffe's agent is, 
he does the weirdest movies. Like I, I think him and Elijah Wood both got out of their franchises, one out of Harry Potter, one out of Lord of the Rings, and they're like, you know, I was in that franchise for 10 plus years, and now I'm just going to get weird with it. And like, Daniel Radcliffe has made some weird movies. They haven't all been good. Some of them have been good. They've been very offbeat. And for whatever reason, I think that just makes him, I think he'd be like, okay, I had my fun being offbeat and goofy, and now I'm going to go back to, you know, what made me what made me famous. Emma Watson, they would never get. I think Emma Watson she i don't know to what extent she's still in show business i mean she made like the circle that that one movie from back when and like uh bling ring and stuff but she it just gives me the sense that she is just she's just over the hollywood thing and like power to her uh and i could be wrong about that by the way i don't know what her recent goings on had been but she just gives me the overwhelming vibe that like she's she's over that whole thing so I don't know that it's even like, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm not sure it's where I think Chris Columbus is just saying it would be cool if this could revitalize my career because I also don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. And also based on what you guys are saying, it might be a weird move for the Harry Potter movie world, which by the way, is like still like they're still making fantastic beast movies, which I think are doing fairly well. It would be weird for them to be like, Oh, you know, like you said, you know, this character that you love, well, he's actually he's a dick in this movie. Here, watch. Like it just it seems it seems like kind of bizarre. The the um, thing that I find most strange about it is the cursed child's kind of this thing that can be started and wrapped up pretty easily. So there's after that occurs, like that's it. There's not going to be a trilogy or anything. So it almost seems like this. Oh, there's what's the always point? a trilogy. Well, no, 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 it almost seems like it's this what's, what's the point type thing. Yeah, it's almost like it's yeah. written as a one-off. So if they can't milk a trilogy out of it, would they? Like, would they, they even bother? Would. If if they milk the trilogy out of The Hobbit, which is like, I don't know, how many pages is The Hobbit? Oh, I like, forgot they did that. 200? They can milk a trilogy out of Cursed Child. I'm sure. Uh, should they no but like i also think it's interesting that you to to expand to a broader point i think it's interesting that you're saying if they can't make it a trilogy why bother well i'm saying in their eyes like it just makes me so sad yeah i get it i I love one-off movies but yeah this is the world we live in now it's the world we're in i mean the next movie we're going to talk about we're going to talk about morbius which the trailer has tie-ins like nothing can nothing can just be and let, let's transition over to that let's let's bring steven back into the fold steven you've been very quiet over there in in your do you not like harry potter you don't have to say that I've, you know i'm not even gonna ask that. i'm not a big like wizards and magic guy well let's let's transition to something i'm sure you like way more which is vampires <laughs> are you are you a big vampire guy oh man got Huge those vampire. twilight books and movies just on standby just ready for me to watch it anytime I absolutely knew it. There, there you have it, folks. Stephen Keller, huge vampire guy. <laughs> uh, so, so more, we got a more Morbius trailer this past week, which we ha- we had gotten a trailer. Oh gosh, last year sometime. Time is a construct. I don't know when exactly it was. This was a much longer and more in depth look of Jared Leto. I think just living. I don't even think he's acting here. I think this is just how his life is. <laughs> like. Jer- Jared Leto to me it's really just a like what I think a vampire would. Yeah, if, like he if you ask me who is a vampire, he is he's high on the list. Great casting. That's that's my first bullet point. I don't even know if I like him very much, but he looks like a vampire. Like very little makeup work needed. He's he's already he's he's in character. I with that said, I don't know about this one. 
Uh, oh man, you gotta I, stop talking. There, there was, there was. Okay, let me tell, let me tell you what my what my jumping off point was, and then I'm gonna turn it over to, to Stephen to give his thoughts. I was I was invested, and then he he flew, and I was like, you know that meme? It's like, all right, I'm gonna head out. That's when I headed out. I mean, I watched the rest of the trailer. Don't get me wrong, but I just I one of you i'm sure it can explain to me from a comic book perspective like oh yeah he flies and here's why and it makes sense i just from a from a my eyes watching it perspective i was like when he transforms ridiculous. um his bones hollow out so that he can ride the currents of the wind he basically gets the bone density of a bat when he flies and if you notice he was following a train so he was riding those turbulent right but he doesn't have wings he, has, he still has flesh that weighs an amount like that's i, I don't know well it's, no like when he I, flew though like he doesn't there's nothing for the wind to catch his on. bones are basically hollow he's a piece of paper i guess pulled We're, along what's well what's what, let's table the aerodynamic talk because i i, I want to get so so steven you you put this topic on the table presume i assume because you're excited for this but maybe you're not maybe you're like me what were your thoughts on what we saw because there is a lot more to absorb than, than what, I've, what i've said so for me it looks better than i was expecting it to look but i'm still going to keep expectations really really low just because it's i'm guessing it's gonna be pg-13 and the character looks like a character that can be pretty violent and so it probably deserves more of an R rating, kind of like what Venom deserved. And so right. I'm kind of worried about that because... Which there are Venom tie in, ties in here. Cause at one point, he makes a joke that he's Venom. Yeah. So presumably similarly violent character. Yeah. And they make references to San Francisco. And so, yeah, there's it's set in the same world as Venom. So that'll I be always point to the Batman the Animated Series... Um, as far as getting away with things when you when you're limited by the ratings, you know that that Let me interrupt series. For a second. This th- this is your hundredth time. I feel like we should pop a, a bo- pop some balloons or something. This is maybe no no, the no this time is I'm talking about no no, no I'm not talking about under the red hood that had a that had a risque rating. I'm talking about okay. the animated series that was on Saturday morning cartoons. They weren't it was rated for children and they weren't allowed to show like violence and things like that. So they did flashes and to hide the actual contact of the hit and it thus met all the rules and so i i want to don't be so worried about the rating there's clever things that movies can do well i, I don't know i'm with steven on this one i mean i i think it's tough because like he's a vampire vampirism doesn't have to be rated r but like it's all blood based it's all blood stuff but it's not like morbius isn't like the um lusty vampire he's basically <laughs> So I don't know. Jared Leto looks pretty lusty. It's it's, it's really no Especially different than scenes. than Venom, honestly. Where he, they crave right, which make to it feed on other beings to survive, and so right, well, you can do sure. things like pull them off camera and blood curdling screams, and and there you go. You got your PG thirteen rating. So so Stephen, it sounds like you're saying temper expectations. Maybe wait to see how it does. Which you know I can get on board with that certainly. Yeah. Uh, and also it's it's a January movie and that's just a dumping ground for bad movies. Yeah, well it's uh, and that's that's a really good point too. I don't know to what extent it got the timetable got thrown off cuz all the every movie now is like releasing when it wasn't supposed to. So maybe it's one of those things, but you would think if they really wanted to put their put some oomph into it, they would put it at least move it to like Valentine's Day. But yeah, I don't know. Like it it I like the idea of a 
kind of tortured I, I hesitate to use the word anti-hero but like he is an anti-hero i i like the idea of that i just i question the execution so i'm gonna try to shed some positivity and, and optimism on this show so first first and foremost we saw the venom reference we also saw spider-man that was like toby spider-man um in the yeah, back graffiti yeah it's yeah. it's all tied into that world which is exciting secondly morbius was first introduced as just the big bad to fight spider-man that was it no real character development beyond that and then over time he became the anti-hero and he's you know he's fought with ghost rider blade and not like fought like fought fought like fought alongside and so are they bringing back nick cage by the way i don't know what's i don't know take brief stop there because that would be that'd be great so there's opportunity to have him work with Venom potentially, as well as to be misconstrued as a bad guy based on his bloodlust. And so they've already winked at Toby. I I see there being a no different than the Batman series. There being a Sony Spider-Man, and then we have the MCU Spider-Man. I I know there's rights issues, but I see that happening now. They've well, I don't I don't think they would introduce another Spider-Man simply because Sony and Marvel worked in conjunction for this Spider-Man, but I definitely think that they are making their whole, like an anti-hero little world because with what they're doing with Venom and now Morbius, like I feel like they're Sony because they don't have the rights to a lot of characters. They're going to hunt down these tertiary anti-hero characters. Brains next. And they're going to then make a little almost mini MCU with all of these characters that don't get top billing and would never show up in a in a regular Marvel movie but have a relatively interesting story where it's that gray area that you know I love, where not a terrible person, not a great person, somewhere in the middle. I feel like that makes a compelling story if they can pull it off. And I mean, they learned. I mean, the second Venom movie got way better reception than the first one. So obviously they're learning how to better convey these characters. And if they keep going in this direction, I think it could be fun. Well, so I, I, I question it. And here and here's why. One major reason why is I think they're going to slip into the DC trap, which is they're going to make all their movies dark and none of them are going to be fu- any fun. Did you watch Venom? Uh, like that's, Venom was fun. Yeah, I watched Venom. I mean, I didn't Venom, think Venom was very fun. Venom was dark, it was okay. but it was, it was like funny enough. I thought they, they did a decent job balancing humor with darkness. And, I mean, we saw was, jokes get, in the trailer of, of Morbius. Has anyone seen the second Venom? Not no, have no, you? not yet. Yeah, so that one's it's a little bit funnier than the first one, but yeah, it's still it's still pretty lighthearted. What that movie is like, they kind of know what movie they're making, so they do kind of lighten the mood quite a bit. Okay, yeah, I, I just like I'm obviously with characters like Venom and Morbius, it's like their whole thing is like we want to eat people. There's a way to lighten that. I just I it's I not worry that they want to eat them. people. It's that they're sort of in this tortured soul state i think that's a better way to phrase it which which, yeah which don't get me wrong is definitely interesting i don't think as much as i would love for it to happen i don't think the two but like they're not going to bring toby toby's coming back for the spider-man movie if that and then he's he's gone when i say toby mcguire spider-man i mean the style it'll definitely 100 percent be a different actor so but yeah, I don't even think that'll happen. What about ha- Michael Keaton being in this? Because he's also in the current MCU movies. Is that Does anyone the same own character? the rights to Vulture? Uh they might be sharing. I'm guessing I don't I know, think it's, Sony it's, owns it because Sony's the one that's supposed to be doing that whatever the eight movie, the 
all the villains together type movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, well, because... So, Vulture was in Homecoming, which was Sony, right? Yeah. I'm I'm confused about the whole whole Marvel-Sony thing, but... So yeah, they have control of Sony. They also have um the other guy who was in Homecoming very briefly. I think it was Scorpion, Mac Gargan, and Grant. He wasn't in this trailer, but like, yeah, they're assembling these. I it seems kind of like they're mostly just assembling people for Spider Man to fight. But like, yeah, I I don't like Morbius is an interesting character. Don't get me wrong, and I like I do think Jared Leto. Jared Leto's got acting chops. Lest we forget Dallas Buyers Club and like certain things he's done where he has been very good. I just. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a little worried about it getting campy. Definitely a potential campy vibe, especially if they don't lean into the violence that the character definitely invites. Venom does pull it off, but they do so kind of walking a tightrope, I would say. I think they don't need to walk, go into the violence, but just the, the sheer power behind Morbius's character. They didn't even show all of his abilities, for example. There's there's ones that you can do some really dark twisted stuff with like like he's the ability he has the ability to sort of mind control people if he stares into their eyes and things like that and it can get twisted which again is a is actually a characteristic that the real life jared leto has so he at this point he's just he's just being himself i think he just needs it's like it's like when nicholas cage is in movies he's not even acting it's just who he is oh he has mind control abilities no, Nicholas Cage has that mind control ability, but he doesn't he doesn't act. When someone wants him to be in a movie, they give him a script and he just reads it uh like himself. Which granted there's a lot of actors that do that, but no one does it like Nicholas Cage, I'll tell you that much. So Morbius, as as Steven said, is coming out in January. I don't know the exact date, but it is, as you correctly said, a bit of a dumping ground. So we'll see what happens. It's uh, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. So kind of near Valentine's Day. So again, if you're into the lusty vampire thing, maybe wait a couple weeks, go see it with your with your boo on Valentine's Day. We'll see what happens with that. And yeah, at OW Leo six, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, at Online Warriors One, if you want to talk to us about Morbius or about Harry Potter or about 8-bit Christmas, which we're gonna talk about after the break. Yeah, well, so, so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll do we'll do an ad break and then we'll come back and talk about that. But before we do the ad break. I would be remiss if we did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Stephen Keller, who is with us right now in proverbial studio. This is one of the benefits Stephen receives as a result of his support of the show. Stephen, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to thank you in person or at least closer to in person. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not in the same room, but thank you for everything you do for the show. And thank you so much for being here. We have a blast hanging out with you. And if you want to be like Steven, if you want to get this guest spot on the show, if you want to get input into the weekly game segment, do what Steven does. Steven has an inside track on the quiz this week because he picked the topic and he's competing. Come on. Don't you, how do you not want that? You get to dunk on me on the air, which is not that hard, but you get a chance to do it. He gets, so he gets the game, the input into the game segment, the occasional guest spot. He gets, of course, access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. Those are all a result of his night subscription on Patreon. There's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there is the page, the backbone of the Patreon community, uh, our lowest tier of support, but certainly not lowest in our hearts. Uh, They get access to the monthly secret segment as well. So for any details on all of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check us out there. We would really appreciate it. Thank you to Steven. Thank you to all the squires and the pages as well. 
And uh, yeah, we'll take a short break now to shout out our sponsor and we'll be back to talk about 8-Bit Christmas. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special order that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone on the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to the Offshore Gamescast. I'm Dave. And I'm Dylan. We're a couple of friends that are passionate about all things gaming-related. Ranging from our current playthroughs, upcoming releases, news, and whatever we find interesting. We hope to see you soon. All right, so the next topic here, and the final news topic of the day, 8-Bit Christmas. Now, this is I'm going to open this up before we get to the actual trailer itself, which there is a lot to digest, not least of which is, is the Neil Patrick Harris narration. I want to just have a, a really like a thought exercise, kind of a trip down memory lane, if you will. When you were a child, what was the, what was the Christmas gift that you were most excited about getting, I guess? Uh, or what was like, what was like the gift that like, when you look back on your childhood, you remember color. wanting so bad. So for you, it's a Game Boy Color. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. No. Yeah. You, that was very confusing. Okay. So you're saying yes, it was Game Boy Color. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to be game consoles for for me. It was the Xbox 360. Was like a huge. It was cause that, like it was so hard to get. And we actually we didn't wind up getting that one until at well after Christmas because well you know I don't want to get into the details but like it was hard to get is the long story but it was like that was the one that like we were really 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 pining for i guess so steven what was the apple of 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 your childhood eye uh at christmas time i think for me it, it was probably the the super nintendo okay so th- well yeah so this movie is really gonna right hit along me. yeah right along the same lines as this movie i can't even imagine you know like I, I do wonder and i think we've talked about this on the show in the past i think we talked about it with with our, our one of our old producers ben a little bit about just like how crazy it had to be it's i think it's one thing to go and don't worry now we're gonna get to your answer in a second but i i think it's crazy to go like it's one it's, it's one thing to go from like n64 graphics to gamecube graphics to wii graphics and like you could apply that to like any of the video game brands it's another thing to like like back when the super nintendo like because it was it was nes 
then Super Nintendo. And like, granted, that might not have been like back in like the 80s. Man, it had to be just nuts to see this stuff happening on a television. Like, I can't even. And like, I, pe- people saw Ataris and their minds were blown. Yeah, that you know? was. And that granted, was me. this is. I mean, going from Atari to regular Nintendo was mind blowing. Right. It's just. I. I think it just had to be. I'm. If I'm jealous is what I'm saying that I wasn't a video gamer or like a kid around that time because it had to be just absolutely crazy. Like even could people make fun of like the ET game? Like it's one of the worst games ever. Still, it had to be crazy. Like go see the ET movie and then come home and like look there's a video game you can buy and you can play et just on your tv back in that era it was crazy talk at least initially whereas now i think it's something that we take for granted it's just now the graphics just kind of get incrementally better but there's not much more of a huge improvement in quality to speak of so so, so nerd what is your answer before we get to the actual movie there's kind of two and i know that's kind of cheating but i don't care because i feel like i have a video game answer but then i just have like a non-video game answer and my non-video game answer was do you guys remember i don't know if they i'm sure they still make them you never just got a pool table back in like the early 90s it was like the pool table combo yeah the combo with the not ice hockey air hockey hockey and the foosball and ping pong all in one my parents got all of us one of those and it was amazing and i was super little but i was like i was raring to go i think we played for the rest of the day we had like an air hockey tournament and then it morphed into like a foosball tournament and then i sucked at ping pong but we still tried it and then played pool which i never mastered either up until now but it was just one of those like those moments you remember as like a family formative yeah where you just all gathered around and it was like a gift that everybody used and was super cool but also the playstation 2 because that was i think my first jump other than playing like unreal tournament and stuff on the pc i think that was my first jump into like 3d console gaming for me and it was just super cool and it was like mine i wasn't sharing it with anyone else in my family like it was my console it was your thing yeah yeah and playing like jack and daxter and tony hawk and having it like my own personal gaming machine that i mean i had a game boy don't get me wrong but like that it just it was super cool and i loved it follow up and i know i said we're gonna we are gonna get taped at christmas but another like i think semi-related question what is the thing you wanted that turned out to be a an enormous disappointment because i i I, like i think we all have one of those two for me there was this remote control car i don't know if you remember it It was called the dragonfly and it had the 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 back wheels were shaped like an egg it was like an x-wing and you could like you could hit this button on the remote controller and it would kind of like the axe would like it would get tall and skinny or you could make it long and uh or short short and fat and i don't know the whole back like would spin and stuff the the battery life was like 10 minutes i remember i got it and i was so excited and then i used it for 10 minutes and the battery was dead and i was like this is stupid that was a bad that was a bad christmas gift so I don't know if you guys have any experiences like that, but that, I'm never going to forget that of just like, I wanted it so badly and it was bad and that's not as fun, but I think it's worth, it's worth going through the, the good and the bad of, of, of Christmas. I don't know if anyone has any other, any experiences kind of like that, that scarred me. I don't want to say emotionally. It was fine, but. I'm probably going to sound like super cheesy, but I don't think I have anything like maybe socks. There's nothing that I super wanted that like disappointed me 
because I think you I was were, just not, you were, yeah I was always a grateful you were d- child. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> well, I'm not. I'm. Oh, look, look. I'm not saying I wasn't grateful. I'm saying I wasn't discerning. I'm saying I. I would say I, I would write a letter to Santa and I would say I want this remote control car so bad and like why did I want that? Like it, it was. It was my fault. It wasn't Santa. Was Santa ruled? And I. I am still. I was grateful still, and I am grateful still. But like I, as a as a child my judgment was poor which isn't saying much i think the closest i ever came to being disappointed was i really wanted and i was so stupid but like as a five-year-old i don't know why i wanted a dartboard really bad i think i saw it in a movie and like any good santa claus would be like five-year-olds shouldn't have real darts like that's just insane true so i got one of those like plastic ones that have the little spokes and then the dart goes in between the spokes because the dart's just like a blunt little rubber tip that you just throw and the force like sticks yeah. it. And initially I was like super disappointed, but then I loved it because it was still fun. Okay. So I had, no like, one else has a, I had a like little That's okay. inkling of disappointment for like a millisecond, but then I got over it. Okay. So no one has any Christmas disappointments. That's just me. I'm glad I shared that with the room. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I bared my soul. Let's talk about 8-Bit Christmas. Let's bring the bring the energy up. So this is going to be coming to HBO Max November 24th of this year. So quite soon, like two weeks, basically. Uh, right, right in time for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, actually. I think that is Thanksgiving. <laughs> I actually don't know what day Thanksgiving is, but I think it's around then. Neil Patrick Harris is kind of headlining this as the narrator. It looks kind of in the sense of like a Princess Bride situation. He's narrating a story from his childhood to, I assume, his daughter. You're missing the, the very story. obvious comparison. Yeah, it looks like it's trying to be the new Christmas story. Yeah. I, I suppose. Because the, it's a the Christmas, bit, story is, Christmas like, story... You never see the narrator in a Christmas story telling the story to someone, but like that's kind of the gist. And the whole thing is about him getting the rifle. I, I would also draw a comparison to one of my favorite Christmas movies ever, which, to be clear, is not a good movie. But Jingle All the Way. Do you ever see Jingle All the Way? Oh, that's a great With Arnold movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to get the Turbo Man. That's what this. I was like, if this movie is half as good as that movie, I'm gonna have a good time. I think it's. I think it's mushing together Christmas Story and Jingle All the Way into kind of this like Christmas hybrid, like also kind of like nostalgia machine, like '80s, like Stranger Things ish kind of that vibe. Some interesting comedy in the trailer. You had like the '80s joke and everything. The helmet joke. Uh, I think it looks really cute. I think like I I think it's a great so cute. I well I I think these days especially I think it's very hard. I, I know my mom complains about this all the time because I have a younger sister who is still not like R-rated movie age or like she's about to get there but she's not quite there. And my mom complains because and also like she, my mom doesn't like R-rated movies very much either. She always complains that like everything is like racy or gory or making a family movie that has appeal in this day and age is like very hard. And I think this is poised to do it. Uh, I feel very good about this. I also love Steve Zahn. That's like, that's a total throwaway because he's in the trailer for like two seconds and he's a weird person to like. But I like Steve Zahn. Uh, he's he's my guy. So that's my review. I'm all in on this. Steven, thoughts on, t- t- tell me I'm wrong if you want or agree with me. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really your choice. Well, first off, the movie could be about me if, um, except for the guy's a Bears fan. So that kind of knocks it down just a little bit, but, <laughs> right. but yeah, it, it looks bad. I'm not going to lie. 
it looks bad. So you do okay. So you're gonna disagree with me. I it look. I think it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, but it still doesn't look good. Yeah, it's like trying to be kitschy, is what you're saying. Can I ask you like a question? Not- if you saw a trailer today for a, a movie called The Christmas Story, would you think that it would look good based on the trailer? I've only seen that movie once, and that was a long, long time ago. That's a good point. I think because I, I, and I actually, I think that movie did not do well. Yeah, when it was I think indeed. It's more of a Another example classic. is is the movie Elf. Yeah, that has become this mainstay of something that's always uh, on around the holidays. Whoa, Elf was always popular. Elf was always popular, it's, but it's become. Was, my it's, point is, it's become sort wait, of. Wait, hold on, hold on. Did you say it shouldn't be? Did I hear yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's become the Mariah Carey of films that are on the television. Hey, don't you hate on my girl Mariah? I'm not Carey. hating on it, but it's just all right. This it's a guaranteed hey, this cash cow every year, like clockwork. This topic has become something different entirely, which is the topic is now Stephen doesn't like Elf. That's we're pivoting away from 8-Bit Christmas to and look, I you're not the first person I've met, by the way. There's I think there's a pretty strong contingent of people who is it is it because of the overplayed nature of it? Is it like the Mariah Carey song where you just kind of love to hate it, even though, let's be honest, it's actually a great song. I saw it in theaters and have hated it ever since. I okay, so it's not the, an overplayed thing. The thing is, is I hate Will Ferrell. Anything he's in, oh, well, then you're gonna hate it. Yeah, yeah. anything yeah. he's in, I'm not. I can't stand him for more than five minutes. So yeah, I'm already What's out. Interesting, and like I, I totally understand that. What's interesting to me, because I again, I, my sister in law is the person who doesn't like Elf, and that's the reason she doesn't like it. Is well, I think because he's so. He's so pervasive throughout the whole movie that if you don't like him, you're not going to like it. I find it interesting because I see the elf Will Ferrell as a different it's Will Ferrell. Yeah, like, that's where I, I, think I don't there's like a lot Will Ferrell, of... but I somehow in my mind divorced elf Will Ferrell from other movie Will Ferrell. And maybe it is just because of like overexposure because the rest of the movie is so well loved by everybody else. And I'm just like, I got to just I got to separate Will Ferrell from this in my mind. His his delivery of the quote-unquote jokes in that movie is the same like it, it he is very much him that's not i guess that's not really what i mean it's more just like but the difference he's playing the setting a child. Is so different it's not yeah. like he yeah i know the setting is the setting is different the fact the character he's playing is just different than what he usually does i yeah you're not the first person i've heard say that elf is not is not for them i don't think this is going to become the new elf I I don't know. I just like again. I I, I want. I'm inclined to give it credit, to give Ape at Christmas credit because I think it's a reasonable idea to like I said, kind of take existing Christmas movies and try to combine them and tell a story that has appeal both to people who went through trying to get a, a Nintendo back in the day and people and kids now who are into video games and can connect with their parents over. Oh, this was a video game system I was into. Uh, you know, because like. The Jingle All the Way, for example, is based on the Cabbage Patch doll craze. But that's why it's which more is tied like, to a Christmas story. Because back in the day, the kids were like, I want my rifle, I want my rifle. And then fast forward to the next year, I want my video game console, I want my video game console. And so it's it's not Jingle All the Way. It's, it's 100% Christmas story. Stop trying no, to bring Arnold Schwarzenegger into the conversation. They think it's dangerous for the kids to exactly. be video games. Exactly. But, but the hunt to try and get it. Is very much Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way was about they couldn't get the toy because it was so popular. That's what this, you see the kid okay, going to all the stores I'll, I'll, trying I'll to get it, it and it's so popular. Yeah, there was yeah. never really. But I mean, there was the the scene with Santa Claus where if he doesn't talk to Santa, he's not going to get it. 
which, which, which by the way is one of the weirdest scenes in american cinema ho, christmas story is a weird movie oh yeah ho. christmas story so when i was a kid i was actually afraid of christmas story because of multiple scenes the scene where the kid gets his tongue stuck on the pole that scene scared me when i was a kid santa scene scared me when i was a kid and when i look back i'm like yeah that makes sense that movie is like weirdly dark for a christmas movie in a lot of ways i mean but we, the yeah, leg we lamp. should get back <laughs> The leg lamp is weird. It's it's a very weird movie. This this is not going to be that. This is going to be more like I think there's going to be like shades of Home Alone in here of like uh, you know a kid being rambunctious on the holidays. You know who do, look who doesn't love that? Uh, apparently Stephen is the answer. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It may not knock it out of the park, but I think it has widespread appeal. I will say that I will see it just because it's about Nintendo. Just that right that gets me in the door and and if they get you in the door man they have won that's all they that's their that's their whole job that's all they need to do so we'll see november 24th 2021 i will say if only because i'm sure if i'm gonna be with my family on thanksgiving and if my dad finds out about this movie he's gonna be like we should all sit down and watch this my dad's a big let's all sit down and watch this person so i predict i will be watching this and you'll be hearing from me about whether it's good or bad i have warm and fuzzies about it currently but we'll see whether that pans out nerd bomber tactic planning to watch it in your household any thoughts absolutely yeah if it's a christmas movie and it comes out around christmas time you can guarantee i'm watching it i my biggest concern is going to be squeezing it in between my five plus annual viewings of love actually which is the greatest christmas movie that's ever been (laughs) ever been created Mm. that's that's only half a joke by the way so you're going to appreciate one of our what are you up to wednesday topics but We'll Did you that. watch Love Actually? Well, no, let's not save it. Let's transition there because we're that's where we are in the show, anyways. Did you watch Love Actually? No. <laughs> what, what a bummer. You, you got me all hyped up. What did you do? We watched a movie that had a heavy reference to it. Do tell. So we watched uh, Love Hard, and one of the scenes they're talking about the greatest Christmas movie. And obviously, it was a debate between uh, Die Hard and Love Actually. And so, in number of different scenes, both of those movies were referenced, and it was a cute little uh, romantic comedy around Christmas time. I scrolled past this on Netflix and watched the whole trailer and was 100% like, I'm going to watch this. So last year, I watched all of Dash and Lily in one night while drinking scotch. And I scrolled past this movie and was like, I'm going to watch this movie during the holidays while drinking scotch. Jimmy O. So, Yang is just a delight. I love him. He was good in Space Force, the parts that I watched of Space Force. So, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm into this. So you're saying it's it's worth me watching? Yeah, like it's a it's a cheesy rom com. Tactic, I don't know how you would classify it, but like if you're going in expecting anything more than a cheesy Christmas rom com, like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I'd classify it as as a, a cheddar variety of rom coms. Love a cheesy. Last year I watched Let It Snow. Just so syrupy, sweet romantic comedy Christmas. I love that stuff. I'll be watching this. You know who else will be watching this? My dad. This is the most my dad movie. I'm shout out to my dad. I brought him up like four times in this podcast, but he is going to watch this movie and he's going to love it. I don't know. It doesn't even matter how good it is. So that's cool. What else have you been up to? Well, as you know, I finally finished Metroid Dread. And when you finish one game, you start anew. And so the next game that I am finally playing is on the PlayStation and I'm playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. And you know what? So wait, wait a second. 
we're gonna be i'm gonna be following in your footsteps because that's my next game oh i'm just gonna be hey, I, yeah, following in your footsteps you need a role model to follow so here i am i don't know if i like that but okay <laughs> how, how is it so far it's i mean it's good the spider-man formula worked and it's just the same so i just it, it to me I mean, it yeah, doesn't seem up. like like coming off i i'm we're coming to the end of the year and i'm gonna probably say that metroid is gonna hold strong as my game of the year this just it, it this is nothing mind-blowing to me it's it's just more of the same goodness that spider-man was so I, it doesn't really you can't just because you're a good game doesn't mean you're gonna blow my mind with the same formula every year you got to keep it fresh you know the, yeah the same thing is exactly what i want out of it so it sounds like I'm not going to be disappointed. Like you said, I'm not, my mind's not going to be blown. Spider-Man was my game of the year whenever year, whatever year it was I played it. But that's because it so was like this if, new thing. Eh, sure. Isn't that new. I get it. was it. just really well executed. There's nothing super groundbreaking about it. It was a new Spidey. Well, keep us updated on that. I'm going to talk about Metroid Dread in my update. So let's let's table further discussion of that for now. I want to swing it over to steven because usually we, we lead with with our guest and the what are you up to we, we you, you snaked me into putting you first because you were talking about love actually which was a devious trick but uh steven what have you been up to in the, in the past three months <laughs> oh boy Take, tell us everything man that's a lot yeah. to say in three months i guess i'll just start with so i've been going back to the movie theaters not at the rate i was pre-pandemic but so like i'm seeing two a week that's my average. So this past week, I think last time I was on the show, we talked about the trailer for Eternals. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I did go see that last Thursday. I don't know if you guys have heard. It's the worst reviewed movie of the MCU yes. so far. And yes, it sh- and I want your take. It shouldn't be. Like, I don't know why people okay. are hating. It's middle of the road. It's not amazing. Yeah, but it's I, I'm not, getting a capital F fine it, uh, yeah, sort of a review. Yeah, it's not. It's not Thor. It's not that bad. It's not Thor 2. Like, it's just not that bad. It's with Chloe Zhao. You kind of know her movies. They're going to look really good. They're shot really good. Mm -hmm. And that's what you get with this. There's some beautiful scenery, beautiful scenes, just long shots that are just gorgeous to look at. There's a. Yeah. It's like Nomad Land. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've, yeah, I've heard good things about that one. It's really beautiful. There's not a lot going on. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Anyways, go and on. And there's there is a lot of characters. Like the group is like seven, eight people. So you do kind of have to get to know them and kind of learn their powers and their backstory. But I feel like they do a good enough job with that. Kind of, they're all kind of grouped together. So, it's so not the like execution was was done well to give sufficient backstory for each one of them. Yeah, I felt so. That's I, good. I wasn't lost now, with what they were doing. I heard that a couple of people go to sexy town in this movie confirm it, deny it is the first marvel sex scene it's yeah i mean it's it's shoulders up but you you know what's going on you know what's oh, happening yeah, yeah. shoulder <laughs> I've, I've heard jeez i've i've heard like a lot of the complaints i've heard about eternals like one of the complaints i've heard most frequently to me is the dumbest complaint about a movie which is people are like Kamel Nagiani got ripped and he doesn't even you, you don't even see his muscles he doesn't even use them yeah it's like what is your problem he's <laughs> like, hilarious why, in the movie why is that important to you I guess he like I don't I don't know the details I guess he like shoots energy out of places and you don't need muscles for yeah. that which like you know what like fine I just, why why does that bother you I think I, they were expecting a uh, Austin Powers sort of thing when he takes on the fembots I well I think they wanted a Kumail Nanjiani thirst trap which Let's be honest, we all do, but 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe not in a Marvel movie. It's a family movie. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, oh well. What else? What else have you seen? Did, did you see No Time to Die? Yes, I, I did assume. See that one. What 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 do you uh what do you think of that one? I I really liked it. Like I think it's the th- yeah my third favorite of the Daniel Craig. But I was crying during a Bond behind, movie. It felt weird to be crying during a Bond movie. Behind Skyfall and Casino Royale, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. Those are the two obvious best ones. This was probably the third best. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, I was just curious because that's the first movie I've seen in theaters in a long time. But what else have you been up to? Let's see. And then the other one I saw this weekend was, I mean, I don't know if it really hit the audience of this show, but it's Spencer. I don't know if you guys have heard of Spencer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is this is this the uh, Princess Diana one? Yeah. So it's, yeah, Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. And I heard she did a really good job. Is that true? Yeah. It's weird. Like, when you see Kristen Stewart, she doesn't really open her mouth. Like, she's really quiet, it seems to be. But in this mm-hmm. movie, like, yeah. she has to get that British accent. Her mouth actually opens. Like, what? she actually <laughs> says words. Yeah. Like, she's actually, yeah, it was really, she did a really good performance. I thought it was going to be more biopicy, but it's not. It's just kind of about, just takes over a course of three days over Christmas with spending time with at the queen's place and it's kind of like the end of her marriage and so it's just it's a really dark movie because it's just her dealing with the struggles of being royalty and having to go through all the procedures of what you have to do when you're royalty and then just being famous and so it's just kind of that's the thing is yeah people people think about like when people hear princess diana they just think about like the car crash but like she went through the ringer before that even happened there was like a lot she was yeah being part of the royal family man it doesn't seem like a very good time it's it seems like a real drag <laughs> yeah <I'll tell> you. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why anybody would do it probably for the money yeah, and it's just yeah just the things they have to go through like her wardrobe is set out for each meal of the day like she has to wear this specific dress for this meal change go get this change into a different dress it's just crazy the things she had to go through if i ever became a royal family i'd make sure all attires involve sweatpants i'm not sure how royal you would be then that's not very royalty like it's it's it is what you define it as in my opinion as long as you have a crown you know yeah good luck defining it as that that's all i'm saying that's cool right on good for Kristen stewart i i think Kristen stewart i think is kind of like rob robbie p where it's like probably actually a really good actor but they they did they happen to do twilight like pretty early in their careers and now everyone associates them with like mumbling and being shiny and that's, you know, yeah. maybe not what they're actually best at as far as, like, acting goes. That's cool. Right on. Anything else you want to update us on, or should I swing it over to Lady Nerd Bomber? Yeah, I think Nerd Bomber can take it. So, two updates. One is a TV show, one's a movie. So, the movie that we watched was Finch. This is the Tom Hanks movie that just came out on Apple TV+, Plus, where he is basically in this post-apocalyptic world by himself and it's just him and his dog and then he builds a robot that is sentient to help him take care of the dog basically and then they end up having to like go on a road trip sort of deal together and i i mean the trailer i thought looked good and one of the things that i have to to note off the bat and i even tweeted this I have to stop watching movies that have dogs as like even a tangential main character because as soon as the movie starts, I'm just assuming that the dog is going to die and it may never even happen. And I'm just going to like cry. So the entire movie, I'm just like on edge. I'm just like, when when is something bad going to happen to this dog? I don't trust movies and dogs. They always just make I'll never do it again. 
well, after Marley and me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's that kind of situation. And like, I always, I always go to sad dog movies and put myself through the ringer. But other, other than the fact that I was on edge for a majority of the movie over the safety of the dog in a post-apocalyptic setting, I will say I was actually very impressed with it. I think it was especially impressive the way that, I mean, essentially Tom Hanks carried the movie. There's no other human actors. It wasn't a bad Tom Hanks movie ever. But there's like, there's no other human actors. Like, yeah, you have the robot, but part of the movie, the robot is still learning to kind of like be a human. And I thought it was just pretty enjoyable. There... It wasn't super action-y. I think in the trailer, it makes it seem more of like a high-stakes action adventure. And there are definitely moments of danger. Obviously, it's a post-apocalyptic world. But I think a lot of it is just like introspection, what it means to be human, how humanity is good or bad, and what it means to trust people. I don't know. Did any of you guys watch Finch? I know it just came out this weekend, so I'm not sure if anybody else had it. No. Yeah, I watched it. It, (laughs) it. it's, It's vaguely on my radar. But I have not yet watched it. I a lot of the time you were talking just then, I was thinking about the dog scene in I Am Legend, and I got really sad. <laughs> so I just that's that's what I've been going through over here. Which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're you're better off. Love love Tom Hanks. Like you said, he he doesn't really do bad stuff. So yeah, it was solid. Probably it's really good. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely very emotionally heart wrenching at times as well. So if you're if you're interested in that sort of deal, definitely give it give it a fair shot. Then the other thing that we've been binging like crazy is you, which is that Netflix show that I'm sure you've probably seen lots of like memes or clips on the internet about where Penn Badgley, is that how you say his name? Yeah, that's his that's him. Yeah, from Gossip Girl basically plays this guy who stalks and obsesses over women until he eventually dates them and then tries to control them. And so it, the third season just came out and we decided because we were in like a little bit of a show hole that we were going to start watching it. And I think Tectic was skeptical at first because he was like, you just want to watch like weird, sexy time things. And because like the trailers for the show had like a lot of obviously like sex and love stuff. And then as we got into it, it's definitely it's more compelling because the psycho aspect of the show really comes to the forefront. The entire show is actually narrated. So like every episode, the main character is obviously seen in his head through the narration. Yeah. And he's and he's like, hey, you. That's, yeah. That's what, he's, that's what he does. But right? he's yeah. always like the amount. And I'm sure they probably did some sort of research on people who are like kind of psychopathic, how they think. But like the, the manner in which he thinks and like every moment and movement that he makes, like how how his character is acting on the screen is often very different from what you're hearing in his head through the narration. And it's just very compelling. There's murder, stalking, creepiness, and definitely keeps you keeps you invested. Well, so, so what you're describing, if, if you're willing to pass me the baton, I... Have not watched this yet, but I'm going to conclude it as part of my update anyways, because I know well, before tomorrow... you get into it, I do want to say one sure. thing totally just related to the actor himself. He would make a fantastic Dick Grayson. That That is all. Yeah, I could see that. He, he looks pretty Robin-y. I just, the, the way you're describing the show... So, uh, New Dexter premiered, I think, yesterday at the time of this recording, and we haven't had the time today to to watch it, but I can guarantee you we're going to be watching it tomorrow because my fiance and I are both fans of the previous show. 
and what you're describing the you know the narration and just the kind of like he's a sociopath he's a psychopath like it's and yet he manages to be a compelling uh and sometimes likable protagonist like it's a very to me that's straight out of the dexter play but i've heard a lot about you and i don't think it's a show i would like too much but it sounds like it's taken out of the dexter playbook pretty directly i feel like you Um, should give it a shot if you're a big dexter fan because i wasn't sure if i would like it either but then we started watching it like because i believe the first season of you and not to disparage lifetime at all but before it was on netflix it actually aired on lifetime it was a lifetime original and then netflix picked it up and then gave it new legs for the second and third season and so like just knowing that initially i was like i don't like everybody's loves the show but i i don't know and i just wanted to give it a try because everybody was talking about it and it was it was good I liked it a lot more than I thought. That's where I'm at. So actually, as I've been recording this, my fiance was like, can we watch Squid Game? And I was like, you know what? Just watch it yourself. Because I don't, I know it's a big deal. It's a cultural zeitgeist. I have no interest. I'm just like, just watch it yourself. So she's she's probably currently watching it right now. My my only update, besides the fact that we're going to start watching Dexter and the fact that I'm still playing Metroid Dread, more of an update when I finish, I think. I'll, I'll wait to hold off on my thoughts. I have quite a few of them, which... Steven and Tactic were subjected to before we got on air. But for now, I'm going to filter those out. Just say I'm still working through it. I will probably be have finished the game before the next episode of the podcast. But I want to shout out a book, actually, that I'm, I just started reading uh, called The Bomber Mafia. And this is, um, this is a book by Malcolm Gladwell, who I've talked about on the show before. He's kind of like, it's... It's like, if you read a human interest story, it's like that, but a whole book. It's just like interesting stories about humanity. And this one happens to be about, in World War II, the process through which, and the group of people through which, airplane bombers became more accurate. So you've probably heard the phrase, you know, try to land a bomb in a pickle barrel, or maybe you haven't heard that phrase, but the pickle barrel thing really sticks out to me. I know I've heard it before. So there was a, there was a time... I, I, you know basically at the dawn of aviation and its use in in the military where they would do night bombings where they would kind of just like shower bombs onto cities. Yeah, everything was carpet like, bombing well, before they moved to the smart dumb bombs it'd be like if it, it we'll just we'll drop it and hopefully hopefully they hit somewhere near where we want it to hit but there was really no sense there was no targeting because you if you're flying at a certain altitude and you're moving at a certain speed and if the wind is blowing X and Y direction and blah, 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 there's like Coriolis effects. It's it's too hard. There's too many variables, basically, to actually hit the target. But there was this group of people who were like, no, we can do better. And just how they went about that and, and from a technological standpoint, but also from a kind of sociological standpoint, how they went about selling that to the, the greater military structure. It's very interesting. It's also like kind of, t- you know, was that Veterans the story around up, bombing that bridge? Uh, there hasn't been a bridge yet, but I'm I'm pretty early in the book. Like they haven't perfected the technology yet. But I believe it's a, I know cool, exactly like, not only what bomb you're talking about specifically, but what battle that it referred to. And there was a a bridge. It was like a dragon's bridge or something like that, in which they they kept carpet bombing missing, carpet bombing missing, and by taking out this bridge, it took out the military stronghold to get, that they were facing. I want to say it. They're currently focused on the Pacific Theater, but I don't know. They haven't gotten super far yet into exactly where they i guess ruled it out as far as technology goes but it's it's an interesting veterans day read and it's you know i I like malcolm gladwell a lot it's also very short i'm already almost like a third of the way through and i basically just spent a couple of hours reading it so 
I'll, I'll update further on that, but I'm, I'm working through that now, getting a little nonfiction in my life. And, uh, yeah, that, that about does it for me, which I think takes us to, uh, quiz time. It takes us to Wario Land. Yes, it does. Or, or Wario Land 2. Wario Land 2, I had that game for Game Boy. Pretty good. Never beat it, though. Pretty hard. All right, anyway, so go on. <laughs> this is going to be another Price is Right style trivia game. We will start with illegal answering first, then tactic, and then Steven to give Steven the at least first blush benefit of going after everyone else. And we'll start with his first question. In what year did Wario make his first appearance? Uh, oh, 1991. Got a reaction out of one of you. Yeah. I don't know whether it means it's a good guess or, or a poor guess. Don't say it because Tactic goes next. I'm going to say 1991. I'm going to say 1980. So his first appearance would have been Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy. I'm going to say, I wanted to say 94, but I'm going to say 92 because I think it's around there. And you got your first point, Steven. He first appeared in, like you said, the 92 Super Mario Land 2. He was the main antagonist and final boss of the game. So Wow, so you you plus one me, but to great effect, because it was the, literally the answer. And it was like so, a knowledgeable. It wasn't just yeah, like it was, he was plus one in you for no reason. So. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't a tactic plus one where it's just <laughs> wine, just be a jerk, just that kind of thing. Shout out to Technic. Uh, all right, question question two. I'm 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 eager to to claw my way back. All right, so Wario made his debut as a playable character in the Smash franchise with Super Smash Brothers Brawl. In what year was he officially announced to be a playable character at E3? So not necessarily the year the game came out. What year was it announced at E3? Two thousand five. I don't like you guys. I don't like that answer because it's too close. I'm going to say, I don't remember when Brawl came out on the Wii. I'm going to say 07. It's around that time. All right, I have to fight fire with fire here. I'm going to say 08. And Tactic now emerges with his first God bless it. (laughs) Wario was one of the first newcomers announced at E3 2006 in the game's announcement trailer alongside Meta Knight, Pit, Zero Suit Samus, and Snake. I didn't want to do the plus one, so I gave him a plus two. It's a stupid quiz. Let's let's <laughs> let's, let's keep let's keep going. All right, everyone's so, too smart. That's what the problem is. Keep going. Transition. We all know there was a new WarioWare game that just came out for the Switch. But how many WarioWare games are there in total? And this one, Steven, you're up first. Yep. Um, there are seven. That's too many. I'm gonna say four. This isn't a plus one. I was gonna say five, no matter what. Okay, so you guys hate me. What's the answer? Steven gets another point. There are actually nine. So, interestingly, there's actually a game called Game & Wario for the Wii U that doesn't technically hold the WarioWare name, but it's considered to be part of the family of games. And then, as you know, they resurrected the WarioWare namesake for the 3DS and Switch games that came after. So, kind of keeping it in the WarioWare family. This one, I feel like, is a little bit more of a crapshoot. You don't really have to have a good sense unless you... I guess do somehow know that. All right. This is my time. This is (laughs) my time to shine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games was the first installment in the WarioWare franchise released on the Game Boy Advance. How many micro games and mini games in total were included in this title? Uh, 
I I actually played the crap out of this game. If I was ever to have any wherewithal of about Wario, it would be this one. I'm going to say 200. Tactic, you're up. That feels way too high. So I'm going to say 75. Oh, that was exactly the answer I was going to say. I know, I'm in your head. You are. But I feel like that's too low, even though I was going to say it. I'm going 150. So now Illegal gets his first point of the game. There were yeah. 213 microgames and 12 mini games. So a total of 225, with the mini games basically being a beefed up version of the microgames without a time limit. So right now, Steven is winning with two points. Tactic and Illegal each have one. I have one more core question and then a tiebreaker if needed. This is a very tight game, guys. Toy. Keeping me on my, t- my toes here. As long as long as Tactic doesn't win, that's all I care about. <laughs> 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 all right. So there was actually a Mario versus Wario comic that was published in Nintendo Power magazine. In what volume of the magazine did the comic first appear? What year was this? I'm not going to give you the year. <laughs> why would that help also? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe you. he's a low-key, avid Nintendo Power Magazine collector. I don't know. I am. Would have been. <laughs> I'm going to go. So tactic, tactic, what side doesn't Tactic go first? Yes, okay. it does. Because okay. Illegal yeah, went first last first. time. Good. Got your back, Steven. <laughs> I thought it was like right off the bat. I'm going to go volume six. No, that's, that's, that's. No, um, that's that's no, that's just, no. no. <laughs> just just no. Problem is, no. we're all going to overshoot, and he's going to win anyways. He'll get it anyways. I'm going to say volume two twenty two. No, this is a trick. Volume one, volume one. Tactic. What did you say? Six. All right, Steven, you called it. You overshot. Illegal undershot. <laughs> Mario versus Wario actually appeared in volume forty four, which so was I told published... you it was relatively early on. Yeah, it was published in January nineteen ninety three, so not long after Wario was introduced in the games. So we do have a tie on our hands. Uh-oh. And illegal. Right, I'll, just, I'll just you're going to sit, sit this one quietly. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> sit this one. <laughs> Well, because you're not part of the tie, so you don't get to be. Yeah, you can leave. Yeah, I know. We we we've all done the math. We know. Uh, I'll look. I'll I'll just yeah. I'll just sit here quietly. Good luck, Stephen. Tactic. I hope you lose. Okay, so this is for all the marbles here, folks. All of them. All of them. Is this a tech? Is this a texting question? Can it be a texting question functionally? Oh, uh, we can do that. that. Yeah, we can do that. I think that's. I I don't want any any one plus one garbage here. The message here. I think. We need a, Tactic, we need a turn message. Turn your monitor off. Yeah, I'm going to look at the screen, see what he puts in. and then, uh... We have dual monitors, so we can both see what's on the screen. So I just made him turn Nerd it Bomber, off. All above Nerd Bomber, here. keep on him. Ma- make, sure, yeah, make sure he's not p- doing any funny business. Okay, so according to Wario World's instruction booklet, how much does Wario weigh? There's a lot of W's in that sentence. Now, first of all, if I may, this is a fantastic tiebreaker <laughs> question. This is an absolute work of art as questions go. I'm really <laughs> sad that I'm not involved, but uh, I wish you guys all the best. Good luck. I sent mine in, so you can just say it. All right. Mine was 275. Wow. We were so close Be- to yeah, each other. Yeah, he Beefy texted boy. me in 267. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Steven's got to have it. Come on. Steven does have win. it. Yes. Yeah, Wario yeah. weighs 308 pounds. Steven gets his first win of the can, season. Can I ask? Congratulations. Was your logic based on the illogical weights that Pokemon have? No, because I don't know much about Pokemon. 
No, his, his logic was just based on Wario's a big boy. Yeah, I was going to say over 300, <laughs> but... If you go in the Pokédex, it's like Caterpie, the Caterpillar Pokémon, 7,000 pounds. <laughs> what? And then Ash is catching it, holding him with one arm. <laughs> well, we have to give Steven a round of applause. Yeah, oh, you got the right. Nope, there. You found the right button. That's actually kind of disappointing. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the, the sad trombone or the boom there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so illegal is, will be hosting next time because he's got a significant lead. That's true. I'll that that's fine. I'll host next time. <laughs> Technically, you should host because you you beat me, but that's fine. I'll be. A, I mean, I'll, close you, to winning doesn't more, count for anything. Look, it's more interesting, way. anyways. For right, it's more important, anyways, for you and Tectic to or for you and Nerd Bomber to fight each other because I'm well out of reach at this point. It's really just you two. Uh, and me hosting without the W is really just putting me at an advantage, a disadvantage. Right, I was gonna say it's not an advantage at all. Well, so so to give you an update on the record, uh, I'm at sixteen and three, Tactic at nine and ten, Nerd Bomber at eleven and ten. Our previous producer Ben at one and one, and Stephen, I don't, I didn't have anything I think written it's one down and for you. Three so I'm, at this point, right? One and two, one and three, gonna, yeah, something like that. Bad. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're one and two because that's nicer than than one and three. <laughs> so the, yeah, you're on the board. It, it look, it took Tactic months. I think to get on the board. I don't remember, but yeah, I'll be hosting next week. The fight to the death of Nerd Bomber and Tactic continues. Steven, thank you so much for being here. It's 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 been a pleasure as always to have you here. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Anything you wanna you wanna leave our listeners with? Twitter handle or just words of wisdom or movies to go see that you haven't mentioned. Whatever whatever you want. Uh, a poem. It's really up to you. Um I will say go see Last Night in Soho if you like Edgar Wright. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. That uh, it looks very interesting. Anya Taylor-Joy, I, to be clear, I love her, but looking at her gives me the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> which I feel like just kind of accentuates that movie. So shout out to Anya Taylor-Joy. Maybe she's a listener. Yeah, good good shout out. We mentioned our main show account at Online Warriors one all of our other individual handles we mentioned earlier as well. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening. Go hit us up on Patreon. We already mentioned the details for that. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. And uh, I'll tell you what, get out there. This is if We're entering the time of year where, what's the proper term? Like snowplow operators. They're going to they're, they're gonna be out there. Maybe not now, but like soon. So I'm just going to tell you right now so you have, you have a reminder. Go tell them about the online warriors podcast they're up in the cab of the snowplow they're driving all the time they need something to listen to thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next week